welcome to Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. This is the show where I do improvised horror stories. What I do is I pull a random title, and then I make up the stories from there. And if you have any titles you'd like to submit, you can send them to quarantinespookshow at gmail.com. Just send them the uh, send them to me directly through other means. All right, let's get started. Okay. This story is called My Cat is a Fucking B I T C H. I guess you could say that I loved my cat, but I never really knew her. I had a friend who was moving out of town and she couldn't travel with the cat. And she was really torn about it and wanted to give the cat a good home. cat person, you know. Dogs and lizards are more my thing. But I thought, yeah, I'll take care of the cat, you know, just so it has a good home. I lived alone in a small apartment, so I thought, why not? Apparently in this cat's previous home, uh, she roamed around the neighborhood and all that. She lived in a house full of housemates and they all gave her uh, different variants of attention. And the cat would roam and hang out with other houses and whatnot, people on the street. with me, uh, it took her a bit to adjust, because I didn't let her outside or anything, 
and I never had much experience with cats, you know, let alone an outdoor cat. So my instinct was to keep her inside, keep her insulated. It was my way of making her, uh, safe, you know. From what I heard, tip, uh, indoor cats, you know, live twice as long uh, as outdoor cats. I told this to a friend's friend once, and he was just like, yeah, but is that really living? I chewed on that for a bit, but... I still kept my decision of keeping the cat indoors. Eventually, uh, the cat got adjusted, or I don't know if she, uh, got adjusted or got complicit in my way of living and imposing that on her. I didn't really go out too much during that phase of my life. You know, I just, uh, watched TV a lot, and then just, uh, you know, play games and hang out on Discord. Things like that. That's why I haven't had a dog recently, because dogs need more attention, and it was the type of attention that I couldn't give them. I've definitely uh, babysat for dogs before, and uh, I totally depressed them with my lifestyle. And I thought, oh, maybe a cat would be cool if I just like kept to myself or whatever. seemed like the cat secretly resented, resented me. Or not so secret, at least. time we interacted during the day is uh, when she would glare at me when she was hungry and I'd give her some food. And then she'd spend uh, the rest of the day staring out the window or hiding in tucked away spots uh, so she didn't have to deal with me or anything. Which that was cool, I understood, you know. We had, we had an understanding, uh, me and this cat. cat named uh, Beatrice. I don't know why she was named Beatrice. I don't know how I knew that uh, name she was, but uh, my friend, the previous owner, uh, she was super into Dante's Divine Comedy, so it's a little bit written and blah blah blah.
So I get home one day and uh, the cat's missing. It took me a few a few hours to notice. Uh, thought she was hiding somewhere, not wanting not wanting to deal with me. time I didn't see her around. So I took the can of wet food and tapped a little spoon on it. And I was like, Beatrice, Beatrice. I kept tapping, kept tapping. But I didn't hear one reluctant meow or a snarl or a hiss or anything like that. Or even any movement in the apartment. escape or something. And then uh, she escaped. And uh, I thought about looking for her, maybe making signs or something, uh, a Craigslist post or something. But uh, I thought, you know what, if she wanted to escape, then she wanted to leave. And if she wanted to come back, she's more than welcome to. She seemed like a really smart cat, so I'm sure she could find her way back if she chose to. But those next couple days, I would uh, take walks around the neighborhood, see if I could spot her. Occasionally, I call out Beatrice, Beatrice. I remember previous owner would uh tell me told me ahead of time like yeah this cat's kind of a bitch and I was just like oh how's she a bitch and then uh, the owner said no 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 like uh she's not just a bitch but she's bitch Beatrice itching to choke humans about, uh, you know, if there was a guest staying over that uh, she didn't like, or like a lover or something, and Beatrice would try to, like, choke him out in his sleep. And I thought, oh, that's weird, but never something I dealt with, so I guess she liked me. Or then again, I provided food, so I guess we had a type of arrangement. That's what I always liked about cats, you know? 
your attitude like a, you know, your relationship with them felt optional, and that was something I always respected about cats, even though I never uh, jived with them or anything. <clears throat> so towards the end of that week, you know, I decided to go to a, you know, a tea shop, you know, just to hang out and read, drink some tea. Good way to spend my downtime. Then I go into the shop, I get some uh get some oolong tea. And I sit by a window and you know, start to read my book. of T.S. Eliot poems. I'm just thinking, oh, this is cool, this is cool. And for some reason, it made me uh, remember a scene from Spider-Man 2 from 2004 when Doc Ock is just like, yeah, I can't fucking, I don't get, you know, T.S. Eliot at all. I mean, I can create these giant metal arms and uh, I can create a miniature sun, but T.S. Eliot, forget about it. What an odd movie. And then in that moment, I saw that there was a cat hanging around the tea shop. She was sitting on uh, someone's lap while uh, she was talking to a, a friend. cat didn't seem like it, the, she had a care in the world. And I thought, huh. That's Beatrice. So I walk up to the uh, person who Beatrice is uh, laying on. And I say, uh, excuse me, uh, where'd you find this cat? And then the cat looks up at me, and she's, I can tell from her face, she's just like, ah, oh, here we go. And then the person drinking tea, she's just all like, oh, well, um, this cat has just, you know, been hanging out at the tea shop for the past week, you know? She just comes and goes, or at least that's what the staff was telling me. to the uh, person at the counter for the tea shop, and I'm just like, yeah, so, um, that's my cat over there. And then he was just like, oh, um, yeah, this cat just kind of comes hang out, hangs out during the day, day, uh, I don't know where she goes after, uh, we've been calling her Bippy, you know, in the meantime, uh, but yeah, we don't have any, we don't, like, you know, take care of her or anything, sometimes we leave a, leave a bowl of food and water or whatever, but... 
yeah, if you want to take her, you can. And I was like, uh, and I thought about it for a minute, just like, do I want to take the cat back? And I was just like, nah, I'll take the cat back. So I was there for another hour, and I finished my tea, and then, uh, I saw the cat uh, nuzzle, nuzzle uh, against the window on a windowsill. And I tried to pick her up, just like, alright, come on, Beatrice. And she started to freak out and claw me and everything. And I was just like, oh, Jesus, shit. She even draws blood on uh, my forearm. And I think, uh, okay. So I say to the cashier, just like, hey, can you watch her while I go get a cardboard box or something? And he's like, yeah, totally. So I go to my apartment, get an Amazon box lying around, come back to the tea shop. And I put the cat in the box and take her away back to my apartment. I drop her off, she just looks around, and she's like, oh, fuck, I'm back here again. And I'm just like, yeah, welcome home. And then she looks at me, and she hisses, and then sprints away. And I'm just like, alright, well, I'm trying to be a good cat owner, but I don't know about this one. sleep, I make sure that all the windows are closed and everything. But when I wake up, my bedroom window's open once again, and the cat's gone. So I groan and have some coffee and then head to the tea shop just to check. When I look inside, I look around for her, I go in. by one of the windows. She's outside of it and just splaying her whole body against it. Her paws up in the air. Rubbing her belly and chest on the window. As if she's communicating, oh my god, let me in. eye contact and from her face she's just like oh shit and then just bolts away I head out of the tea shop and I can see her block down she's just walking minding her own business thinking she lost me so then I start to follow her I wasn't necessarily trying to catch her, I just wanted to see like what she did and where she went.
for about an hour. And I'm just thinking, where the hell is she heading off to? She hangs out in the park for a little bit. And I just watch her. She's sitting in the grass, interacting with some kids and all. Chasing squirrels and mice. she gets bored and then starts to go into the woods a little bit. They're not, it's not a dense forest by any means. Certainly not something you can get lost in. But she hopped into a creek and started to go inside the drain pipe there where water was coming out by a tiny trickle. to get the best of me. I crawl into the drain pipe. And it's a really snug fit at first. But I managed to get through a bit. And at this point, I start to call out to her, Beatrice! Beatrice! I still manage to get through. And I think to myself, oh, I don't know how much I can push this. But I keep trying. Again, my feelings for this cat were conflicted. But I thought, you know what, if I'm this if I'm the cat owner, I should get the cat back, you know? But further down into the tunnel I see a little light orange and flickering. That's a candle that's lit. It's not the end of the tunnel, but when I go there, it seems like the candle's freshly lit. The candle's still fresh. Not too much wax dripping down. Certainly not extinguished from the, uh, from the water flowing. all the other objects near the candle. I see 
see some dead crickets around. A couple of beetles. A dragonfly or two. And I think you see this large rat that was dead for quite some time. And it seemed like it was punctured in the neck. And it must have bled out quite some time ago. Because the smell was putrid. That classic rotting flesh scent. And then next to the candle, I see a Polaroid picture. It's hard to see, but it looks like me. I don't know when this picture was taken, but it had to have been recently. So I was wearing a hoodie that I've been wearing, wearing for the past couple months. And my hair was fashioned in a way that I've had it recently. blood smeared on the photograph. And it was imprinted on in the shape of a paw print. There's a trail of it that uh, led back to the rat. shimmering eyes. And I think to myself, well, that must be Beatrice. And she approaches me when I'm still kind of stuck and wedged there. I start to get freaked out. I try to back away, but I can't. me, but she's also rolling some sort of bag. Looks like a package of flour, but it's a little bit dusty. It doesn't smell like it. There's something else to it. Even though 
she, we've been living together for a little bit. It's the first time I ever really saw her. I could see her resentment and her scorn for me. So I just kind of try to do a shrug motion and I just think, what did I do? Uh, some claw. She uses her claw to uh, cut a slit into the bag, and then tips it over so a bunch of powder comes out. And then she storm. And then she uh, darts off. And I'm coughing and I'm wheezing and it feels like I'm suffocating. too slow, coughing and wheezing, I can barely breathe, and I just think, oh, what's going on? up in a hospital. They explained that uh, I almost wasn't found. Uh, some kids saw my feet sticking out of the drain pipe. And some other bystanders uh, uh, managed to pull me out. hard for me to breathe. The doctor explained that uh, I inhaled some anthrax. And that's why I was feeling so sick. He said, yeah, you almost died right there. sometimes. months to get the courage to go back to the tea shop. When I went there, uh, I never saw her there. I don't know where she is now. Maybe she found an owner that she actually liked and had a good arrangement with. She got hit by a car. 
but I haven't seen her since my near-death experience. Nor have I ever had a cat since. Okay. This next story is called This Town is in a Spiral. I remember reading about it on the news. Back when the news was uh, almost a viable, incredible source of information. It must have been 2014. Maybe 2015. <clears throat> yeah, it was the news that uh, the last VHS manufacturer shut down. last VS, v, uh, VCR manufacturer shut down that officially deemed VCRs as dead technology. Now as a Someone who's born a 90s kid. It was easy to see how, uh, you know, it's easy to take VCRs for granted. Never something you really thought about. You know, when you'd watch a movie and, uh, if you wanted to rewind it to a certain part, you had to 
wait like five to ten minutes or whatever and then watch the motion move uh, backwards at high speed. Or when you pause it, there'd be little static uh, lines on the screen. And if you didn't rewind it, uh, and if the cashier at the VHS rental shop uh, decided to be a hard ass, he'd be like, oh, you gotta rewind, man. Blockbuster didn't really care, nor at a Hollywood video. But some of the local shops are just like, listen, do us a solid. We don't have that a uh, machine that rewinds things really quickly. Plus, those damage the VHS tapes anyway. I remember years before, you know. Before the news came that uh, VCRs were dead technology. I'd go to Comic Cons and I'd see a little booth uh, called the VHS Appreciation Society. VHSs officially became dead technology. That's really when it started to intrigue me. It added to an allure to it, you know? I loved movies and whatnot, but never considered myself a VHS collector until it became dead technology. What a remarkable thing to live through something when it's a normal thing and everyone's doing it, and then suddenly no one's doing it and it ceases to be. That's what fascinated me about VHSs. So when I heard that news, I, uh, out and bought a VCR from a thrift shop, made sure it worked, and I got some used books on how to repair VCRs, because I knew from there it would only be harder and harder to find. That's when I go find uh, VHS VHSs. Over those next five years, uh, more and more video stores were going bankrupt and shutting down. As uh, streaming services were reaching their penultimate rise. At this point, the uh, landscape for Viewing media has entirely changed. 
it only made watching VHSs more charming. chests I could get my hands on. Some classic uh, action fantasy and science fiction from the 80s and 90s. Crime dramas. Classic cinema from the 40s. tremendous trash movies, you know, I couldn't get enough. And I watched them all at least once. Mainly to make sure they worked and all that. I even started to get into tapes that were unlabeled. They'd often be uh, promotional videos for local entertainers, uh, or a solicitation for uh, people to sponsor a big town event. But yeah, collecting VHSs was the most enthralling hobby. to a VHS comic swap uh, located in Portland, Oregon. It also functioned as a mini indie comics fest where a bunch of cartoonists would show their comics and whatnot and sell some used stuff. And at the time, I was reading uh, the comic Uzumaki from Juji Ito really had a bent on horror at the time. I considered Uzumaki a classic piece of horror fiction about an entire town turning into one giant, giant spiral and then the horror that ensues. I went to the comics thing and uh, I picked up some comics. Uh, I was picking up some VHSs. My VHS of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing uh, broke down, so I was definitely on the hunt for that. But I, I was also on the market for anything, you know?
saw an old edition of uh, the first season of Twin Peaks on VHS, and I picked that up. Still couldn't find the uh, John Carpenter flick that I could find. I did find Ghost of Mars, though. I picked that up, too, but it wasn't quite what I was looking for. But still, I've never seen it, and I was excited to watch it. So I was walking around chatting with people. had a similar uh, VHS fixation as me, I mean, they always had a booth set up, and if we were hopping through like uh, thrift, sh thrift stores around the country or other uh, VHS hubs, if I saw a movie that, this, uh, that he was looking for, I'd call him up and be like, hey, you know, copy of, uh, what's it called, um, the copy of Sister Act you were looking for is in, uh, Nashville, Tennessee at a random VHS store here, so if you're ever in the area, you might want to pick it up, and he'd do the same for me. browsing his booth, uh, I was holding a copy of uh, Uzumaki, as well as the VHSs that I picked up so far. And he says, oh, you're reading Uzumaki. And I was just like, oh yeah, totally, I'm uh, loving it so far. Yeah, that's some good shit. And I just said, yeah, I'm really, uh, really on a horror bent. You know, I really want to, you know, I love collecting classics, but I really want to find something new. And he's just like, all right, I might have something for you. But I'm going to warn you about it. So he went under his booth and uh, picked up a lock tackle box. He unlocked it with a key. And inside was a withered VHS tape. It was still inside his blank VHS tape sleeve. From the manufacturer of blank tapes. And he pulled the tape out. And he said, this tape will scare the shit out of you. said, oh, uh, yeah, what's on it? And then he said, he just said, I have no idea. But I have two friends that saw it, and they were both hospitalized. And it took them months of therapy to really come down by how terrifying this tape is. 
like, uh, I don't know. I'm not into, I'm not mood, in the mood for like a ring trap or something or like a troll or anything. And he's just like, listen, you don't, I'll give it to you for free. Uh, cause I'm not, I'm never going to watch it and I don't want it to go to waste. But I know you're an avid collector and if you want to, if you want to see it, you're, it's yours. Is it like a like a the ring experience or like a video drone thing? So I'm not too into that either. And he's just like, dude, I don't know. Again, I don't know what it is, but you can it's yours if you want it. I thought about it for a bit. I've met other VHS collectors on the road. And then I thought to myself, this is exactly how they get fucked over. I've met people who were far more avid collectors than I was. Far more dedicated. And at it for much longer. But the way a lot of VHS collector veterans die out... They either pick up a ring tape or a video drum tape or a video drum tape or an infinite jest tape and they watch and lose their minds in the process. Those tapes are out there. I've definitely uncovered some blank tapes that uh, showcase some disturbing material. Whether it was snuff or something worse. curiosity as a collector that I wanted to see what was on this tape. And if it was as damning as uh, this buddy of mine said it was, then I would destroy it. But before I could do that, I had to watch it. So I said, okay, I'll take it. So I brought all my uh, tapes in my book home. I lived in a basement room with several housemates. And I had a sweet CRTV uh, setup. Or CRT uh, setup. Sometimes uh, I'd host movie nights either at the house or bring some friends over or whatever. And I had uh, big uh, milk crates full of VHS tapes all around my room. Had some curtains set up. I really tried to manifest my room as a mini movie theater. 
also also making it a uh, adequate and tame living space. So what I did is I uh, I took some cannabis, poured myself some whiskey, and cracked open a beer, and got ready for my own miniature movie night. I decided to start it off with the blank tape. And if I thought if it freaked me out too much, maybe I could uh, rewatch uh, Sister Act or something. expecting some sort of uh, FBI warning or something about how not to replicate a tape. But it's a different type of warning. As an avid VHS collector, uh, I've stumbled upon some uh, government tapes that probably shouldn't have been or were not meant to be in civilian hands. warning at the top of the tape about a security risk, now it's illegal to even see the footage. <clears throat> and this tape had a similar message, but a bit more disturbing. Started off with an ID number, some letters and some numbers, and it pretty much said, "Whoever's a, uh, whoever watching watching this tape must be permitted to under a certain security clearance." And then it listed another ID number, which I couldn't identify. This tape was uh, designed to uh, fit the mind of the viewer. It was imperative that can only be viewed uh, one person at a time. And it made it imperative for the viewer to, uh, as, you, as uh, the viewer watched the tape, to take notes as he did so. Because it would not be the same for every viewer. Mario 64 uh, game is personalized kind of thing. Okay. Now, at the time, I thought it was a gimmick. Clever one at that. It definitely seemed like an old tape. Possibly uh, manufactured in the 80s or 90s. And the whole presentation definitely seemed like it was made... Uh, 
knowing that VHSs would be dead, te dead technology, and how a tape like this would get cooler with age. video began. It had an avant-garde star to it. it showed a VCR and a, with a tape inside of it. And the VCR is transparent. And you can watch the real spin in the VHS. spirals. And then the rest of the footage seemed really grainy and it was hard to watch. First I thought the tape was damaged or something. started to come off like a lost episode of Twin Peaks. And the same rhetoric, the same actors, same ages as uh, in the early 90s. And I was like, holy shit, is that, this actually a lost episode of Twin Peaks? And the episode started off as them talking about the Laura Palmer murder. But then they started to notice how everything, uh, Looked like spirals. The grass, the flowers, the way the water flowed. There are certainly a lot of Twin Peaks episodes that were at some level disturbing. This was strange even by Twin Peaks standards. episode ended with a uh, character Bobby uh, dying from what looked like lockjaw. And his body was all twisted up and mutilated. It looked like there was an accident that happened with the actual actor. Not just with special effects or with David Lynch creepery or anything like that. cuts to what looks like security footage. And the footage looked like my house. I was creeped out. And I thought, what the fuck is this? like that for uh, 15 minutes. I was waiting for something to change, but it just seemed like raw security footage. And the footage had a view uh, of my basement window, 
I thought I'd try something. I took out my phone. And I turned on the flashlight setting. And I started to wave it in front of my window, back and forth. keeping my eye on the screen for the video. And my waving of the flashlight appeared on the video with a seven second delay. happening to a nearby in a nearby theater so what I do is I call a I call my houseman on the phone and he answers just like oh hey hello and I was like hey you got a hey are you at the house and he's just like yeah yeah or are you I thought you were home too and I was like yeah I am but I need I need a favor from you it's gonna sound nuts I never asked for weird shit but I owe you a favor afterwards, but it's very important that you do this thing for me. Please, for love of God, it won't take long. And he's just like, alright, sounds, okay, what's up? Sounds serious, happy to help, what's up? And I just say, alright. So in the yard by, uh, where the sunflowers are, I want you to go there and check if there's a camera pointing at the house. It might just be an old VHS camera or something. I need you to go out there and check. And he's just like, okay, um, I can do that. But are you at the house? And I, and I said, yeah, I'm at the basement. He said, okay, well, so you don't mind, so why can't, why can't you do it yourself? And I just say, dude, please, I just need this one favor, just this one little thing that I need you to do. Again, I know it's nuts, I know it's irrational, but, like, you're gonna be, you're gonna save me a lot of trouble, uh, by doing this for me. Um, again, I owe you, like, one, like, really solid favor after this, you know. Like, I'll treat you, I'll treat you to an expensive meal, um, I'll give you a ride to the airport, like, whatever. Just please, please do this thing for me. And he's like, alright. Let me stay on the phone with you? He's like, and I was like, yes, please, please do. So he was like, alright, I'm going. So I watch, keep watching the, uh, the footage. And then I hear him say, okay, I'm stepping out. And I can hear the sliding glass door over the phone. 
and I see, see him appear on the footage. And he's walking toward uh, where the camera is on the ground. And as he gets closer, I just say, do you see anything? And he's just like, no, I'm not seeing anything. It seems like he's looking straight ahead and not really looking at the ground where the camera view is. And he kind of walks past it and out of sight. And I say, do you see anything? There's nothing on the other end. I'm just like, hello, do you see anything? Again, silence. I look at my basement window. And I don't see anything out there. I look back at the footage and I see a... a seven second delay of me looking out the window. Looks like I've aged 21 years because I'm so freaked out. I start to panic and hyperventilate. So I just breathe in and out, and I just say, okay, I've got seven seconds. I don't know why that calms me down, but it does a little bit. So what I do is I slowly open the basement window, keep my eye on the security footage for a few seconds, and then hop up, pop in through the window, run out of the house, start to head towards the camera view. I look around on the ground, I don't see anything. No cameras pointing at the house uh, from where the uh, footage said it would be. not too far from where the ca camera angle should be, in the sunflower bed. I see my housemate, dead on the ground. He's all mangled and twisted up. His limbs look like they're bent into spirals in ways they're not meant to, in ways they're not meant to. security footage, and it's not of my house anymore, but it's in the bathroom that's in the basement. It's just a shower curtain, and it's just slowly waving back and forth like there's wind blowing. 
panicking, not knowing what to do. I pull out my phone and start shooting a video. The video I'm watching. And I just keep it as my guide as I maneuver through this situation. And I go into the bathroom. I open the door real quick. And I see the shower curtain. back and forth, screaming. I'm looking around. And as I'm watching this, I'm looking at where the camera's supposed to be, but I see nothing there. Pacing back and forth, looks like I'm screaming, tearing out my hair. And then I see myself on the video, Pull out the tape from my TV, throw it on the ground, and smash it, and beat it down with my heel. And then I sit on the couch, and watching myself, try to collect myself. And then the power goes out in the basement. Thirty seconds go by, and when the lights come back on, I can see myself mangled up to a weird spiral position. It looks like I did it on purpose, but there's beyond the ways that bones can bend. like everything about my body was broken and wrong, and I was tightened up like I had lockjaw or something, and I made a weird, disturbing grimace. And the video just kept showing raw footage of me, dead on the couch, dead on the couch, in a tight, twisted, mangled position.
start to pace back and forth. So, so much adrenaline is shooting from my body. I scream, I try tugging my hair. Am I just clocking into this reality that I just saw? I'm panicked and frightened. I saw on the tape. All I had to do was not destroy it. But the fear strikes me so hard that there's no other action I'd rather do. So I stop the tape and eject it. And I throw it on the ground, smash it with my heel. realize what's to come. And then I realize in my manic, manic rage that my phone was still on and still recording a video. It was somewhere on the ground. Uh, it was tossed against the wall and the camera was had an askew uh, Dutch angle type of view of me. I think about getting it when I call my nerves a little bit. But I also just think to myself, oh my god, I hope no one sees that video. And then the lights go out. Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Perezzi. And, uh, I'm gonna go see Candyman. <laughs> 